We're ready. Okay. Now, now we're recording. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Get Paid to Live podcast. I have a special guest with me today. Hi. I'm going to do a little clapping. <laughs> A little clapping sound there. She's our first guest, so I'm really excited to just like talk with her because she's one of my good friends. You've probably seen her in my vlogs or something like that. For anyone who's new to the podcast, we've had this podcast for the past like two months or something like that. So it's very, it's very baby, it's very new. This is a space where we explore how to live first and get paid second. Whether you're an entrepreneur, you work for someone else, or you're curious about creating your dream life. In these episodes, you'll find inspiration, tips, and motivation on how you can navigate that process. Through our honest reflections as new entrepreneurs and candid interviews with everyday ambitious dreamers, just like you and I, just like Deborah <laughs> and I. Um, you're probably noticing Shaheen is gone for today's episode. <laughs> Yes, we're just doing Deborah and I for the sake of like ease um ideally we would have had this podcast in France but we literally were talking way too much and running around town way too much to remember that we had to do the podcast so mm -hmm. like, we'll do it when we get back so it's just Deborah and I um for now but Shaheen will be back in our future episodes he's our other host so you'll see him on the last episodes if you watch those and today we are talking expectation versus reality and how that looks in uh, on entrepreneurship but honestly just life like if you are choosing to take a different career path or life path or lifestyle i feel like there is usually something as a dreamer that you have in your head and then there's a reality and it doesn't always match up and i'm somebody who is always like do the thing you know take the risk quit your job like you know go after this uh dream that you have in your head but then there's not a lot of times or there's not a lot of people that lay that out like how it actually looks the transition the weird awkward periods so that's what we're talking about today. So I'm joined with my good friend, ex-talent manager, <laughs> and I would say fellow dreamer, Deborah Nasande. And I'll let you introduce your name, actually, the way it's pronounced. <laughs> Said it more correctly than most people do, so fine. So yeah, my name is Deborah. I'm 26. Uh, I live in France, as Hippie said. I was born and raised in France with my parents who are Congolese. And I'm a fellow dreamer, as she said. Uh, I, love, I love dreaming <laughs> and talking about things. We love dreaming. Uh, we also like chatting, so we'll, yeah. try to, we'll try to keep it short. But um, no, I think I was really inspired by her and I's conversations. Um, we, I can't remember the first conversation that we had that inspired this episode, but it had to be like when we first met, I would say in like April-ish, probably like in the summer, the summer of this year. Um, at the time, Deborah was my talent manager. She found me through a TikTok video, right? Yes, in fact, yeah. Like um, <laughs> I think I was ranting, per yeah. usual. About dreams, <laughs> things we love. Exactly. Um, and then she reached out to me um, with her through her agency, Five to Nine Crew. And uh, we started working together as creator and talent manager. And um, that was really fun. And then I think as we slowly started talking, we were realizing that we're like the same person. Exactly. Um, <laughs> like literally the same person. <laughs> literally. Like we were, we're both 26. Um, we both thought the same things about like very niche topics. Like I would even say like down to our lifestyle, like what we believe in. We grew up similarly, like um, African parents, strict, you know, things like that. So I just feel like we related too much to not be friends. So I think it 
we started off like business partners and then it quickly became like more of a friendship. So I feel like that's where we're at now. So yeah, so that's a little introduction on our guest today. And today we're going to kind of talk about expectation versus reality in terms of dreaming about whatever it is that you want in your life. Um, But we're going to tie in our experiences in this situation because we've both definitely been there. We're still there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like We're still in that spot. And I think a lot of other people are. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about it because I, as somebody going after my dream, don't see enough of exactly how it looks like. I want someone to lay it out because there's nothing worse than being in an awkward transition and having no one to relate to or talk to about it so we're gonna get we're gonna get into the details so why don't we um just start off with how how you got here so um, (laughs) so deborah and i we both were working corporate and both found it to be not what we thought it would be and we quit abruptly and i want to talk a little bit about your experience in corporate like your dream and the reality mm-hmm. you know going into it and then coming out of it <laughs> so, uh, for context as you mentioned we both have african immigrant parents um and so my african dad was so proud to have like a child in france you know in like not not in africa he saw the chances and the opportunities and so he was always like pitching us, you know how like African dads like, like to give advice for like two hours about life and like how things should be. <laughs> yes, fables. We call them, my siblings and I call it fables. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I was very young and I'm a very sensitive person and I take things very seriously all the time, sometimes too mm-hmm. much. And so when I was little, that's really one of my first memories ever in life where he told me like, hey, you're in mm-hmm. France, you're a woman, you're in a, friend, uh, in a white people country. And so you have to be intelligent mm-hmm. at school. You have to be smart. You have to be a good girl. And if you do all of that, you'll have a good life, a very a life that is very different from your mother and I. And you'll mm-hmm. be rich and you have your own car, like just the perfect life that we don't have. And so from that, I just took it as my life's mission. And I just went with it. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a good kid at school, which I was. Uh, I'm going to do everything to have this good corporate job that is highly paid. My dad has always had like work in, um, uh, how do you say, like work with his hands. Like he, he never had an office in office jobs, you know. I and see. so he was always talking to me about it. It has like the, the, the ultimate goal in life like if you have an office job you don't have any problems no money problems no life problems oh, just your life is perfect you know <laughs> so I, I ever since I was a child I was in my head I was meant to be a corporate girl I was like okay mm-hmm. this is my and so that's how I grew up that's how I did my studies that's how I went to university with that goal in mind and then I got into the corporate world and I was like oh wait it's not as uh, glamorous as people told me actually you know yeah yeah I was like oh all of those 50 50 year old white of course it was all white (laughs) all white white people are just like bickering and like uh, talking about each other's back and like if you want to climb the corporate ladder you have to be friends with the manager with the directors and uh, Mm -hmm. it's more about showing off and like in being in those like little circles than the actual work Mm -hmm. and I thought very like independent and like you know own bubble I was like it was so hard for me to get out of this bubble and and, like Mm. part of this like world but I was forcing myself I was like you have to do it remember your life's mission you have to do it your life's mission or your dad's mission (laughs) 
at some point the two got confused and I, I lost they get, they get blurred exactly and so I did that I, I was suffering in a way I wasn't happy but I was like you have to keep going you have to keep going but I did that until I did my burnout uh, when I was working in Paris working in Paris uh, earning like 2k per month uh, doing like this like uh, highly recognized job was like oh wow I'm so close to my you've made it yeah exactly and so I was like I can't complain even if I have this toxic manager that is micromanaging me uh, even if I have all of those things that are bothering me I cannot complain I have to push 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 and I was pushing myself way too far and I did the burnout there's one morning where I was like I can't get out of bed I can't I, I just can't physically I, I wasn't able to do anything no. wow that's crazy I had a very similar experience really? one day I couldn't, that's not the day that I quit. Cause I, I believe you quit that day, right? Or no? Oh, I never get, came like went back to the office from that day. Wow. Never. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like, I mean, I wish I should have done that. <laughs> I had a day where I woke up while I was in corporate and I just couldn't, like, I just, I, I had to work from home that day, but I basically, my body was just rejecting everything I was doing. Yeah. Like, and it was after I went to this like leadership summit and realized that I don't value anything that everyone um, else in the company values. Um, and I, it, that didn't all hit me at the time, but it was over time that, yeah. it, that it hit me. But there was one day where my body was just like, no, like you're not going anywhere, which yeah. is so weird yeah. that it happened to you too. Yeah. So one, so, one more common, common thing. One more have. common thing that we have. What's new? <laughs> um, yeah. And so you were, at the time, okay, so you worked you worked in Lille, but you also worked in Paris, or it was the same job? So, uh, the first job I had, I consider it as a job because it was my first experience in the corporate, uh, like corporate world. Right. It was an internship mm -hmm. during my third year of college. I did Got an internship it. for like eight months in e-commerce. I was working in a small, like middle, like middle-sized mm -hmm. uh, company, and then... Um, it was in Lille, so close, very close to my parents' house. And then I continued for two years an apprenticeship, like in the corporate world. Right. And then I was like, I'm done with the, those like classic <laughs> corporate, the equivalent of Walmart in France. Right. Okay. You know, I was working on the website and like doing all of the website thing. And there were so many people and meetings and like all of those people that have been there for like 20 years and you have to talk to them and like play the, you know, the corporate politics. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't comfortable right. okay and so when i graduated my master's degrees after those two and a half years of working in a huge company i was like yeah. now i want to work in a small startup in a city that i like and that's when i want to i went to work in paris for the first oh, time mm. yeah I, I worked in a five people company it was a really small startup uh, I made like a. No, it was that small. Yeah, it was really, really small. They were just starting actually. They had a podcast, and in this podcast, they were interviewing people from the food industry. And because I was working in the food before, etc., I was very passionate about it. I was like, oh, well, since you guys want to open your agency to help those food people that you're interviewing in your podcast, then maybe I can help you with that. Uh, I see. Okay, so it started out with the internship that was a like those really big companies. Yeah. And then you went to the startup, and then there was another one after that, right? Yeah, I went to the startup, and then uh, during the startup, he, he trusted me so much. He gave me like the missions were so cool. So during my like internships and everything, I did e-commerce, just e-commerce, and it was starting to become really redundant for me. When I have one task that I know I know how to do, and I have to do it every day, I get bored. That's when I like kind of. I do a bore out basically, but uh, yeah, I, did, I wanted to find some challenge 
And so that's yeah. why I applied to this agency because I was like, I've never done consulting before, business consulting and like agency mm-hmm. stuff. But it sounds so interesting. So I applied and he trusted me. He was like, you're intelligent, you're smart, you have good ideas. So take care of our clients. And like, he was giving me super cool projects and everything. And that's oh. when I discovered influencer marketing because as a small company, sometimes there was, there was slow, so slower times. Sorry. And he was like, well, if you're bored, uh, just find something to do and I'll let you do it. And so I was like, oh, well, I like influencer marketing. I'm curious to know how it works on the behind the scenes. So I created the influencer marketing like a team. Entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah, that's my first entrepreneurship like adventure, I could say. Yeah. Oh. It's really cool. And then they had to close down the, the, the startup because there were two founders, but they didn't get along anymore. So they just closed it down. And I was like, oh, no, well, I love influencer marketing and I feel like I could do more. My boyfriend was like, well, you've always wanted to create your own thing, create your influencer agency. And I was like, no, I'm not qualified enough. I don't have enough experience. So I applied to this huge agency in Paris. Again, my second year in Paris. Um, yeah. That was working with like Spotify, Tinder, and like uh, Google, Netflix, like those huge brands. I was like, wow, it's the corporate job I've, I've been wanting all my life. <laughs> and so I applied. So for one year, I worked there and then I did my burnout. So that's, you, you've got the whole picture of all of my professional experiences. That right. We can, see, we can see the pattern. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's like every time I was looking for, better 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 but at some point it's almost like you were you were trying to make that dream real every time how can i get closer to that dream like okay the first one like oh that didn't match it's like too big too niche too um uh, clicky people Mm -hmm. have clicks and everything like okay let's try again let's try smaller see how that works like startup (laughs) culture maybe that's more fun and like that can be tied with the cool dream i have in my head and then it's like okay that didn't really work and then you know you go back to the big bigger thing and then it's i feel like at this place they worked you too hard and then you had a career that was really Mm -hmm. it was like always in your deep like always in your work Mm -hmm. um over checking everything you do like what was that like like what did what did it feel like when all of that was happening So difficult to go from a startup where the founder trusted you. is like, oh, you can run my agency with me and like we can do it together. Everybody, like trust your ideals to someone that you have to make her read every email that you send before you send them. I was working in influencer marketing. So every influencer I was wanting to work with, I had mm-hmm. to show them to her before. And if she didn't like any of those influencers for whatever reason, I couldn't work with those influencers. So it was like the polar opposites of like, how I was used to be working and how I actually need and want to, to work in life. So. Interesting. And then, so, so it was a year of all of that. And then you were like, that you had that day where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I wasn't, when I think about myself during this time, if yeah, it's like, I wasn't myself. I was like imprisoning my real self inside of me. And the one that I was living was this like, corporate obsessed girly who didn't listen to her feelings didn't listen like i was this annoying employee like colleague that was every single day saying i'm going to quit this job i'm going to quit i was so negative at this time you know because i was like i was so unhappy but i wasn't allowing myself to recognize that and like actually do the things to get rid of that unhappy feeling take action on it yeah, yeah, yeah. so i hated so- that 
Yeah. So interesting. Cause it's like, yeah, I think it's like how we were willing to, like, we know how we feel, even if we don't want to recognize it, but we are trying to hold on to what the correct answer is. It's it's like, oh, it's yeah. yeah. It's delusion in a different way. But- <laughs> The bad way. <laughs> the bad way. Um, okay, so yeah. So then you hit this breaking point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. You never went back to that office again. <laughs> I brought and- like a few months later to keep like, my computer and stuff. That's it. <laughs> okay, but other than that, you like basically was no contacts for after <laughs> you decided. Also something I hate about corporate world is like, it's all fake. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody hates me. It's like, it's all about, I, I don't know. I don't like the corporate world. No, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I try not to have like a, like a biased opinion about it. Yeah. But there's so many people who go through the same thing that I'm like, I, I'm not saying it's all bad, but my argument That's is that. Me. That's me. Yeah. It's not for me. And there's no way that it can, it can be for every single person. Yeah. The way it's pushed. Like exactly. why do automatically think after yeah after college desk mm-hmm. job like that that's everyone's like immediate assumption and it's like why yeah. don't we stop like thinking about other exactly. options exactly. other options you know mm-hmm. um okay so tell walk us through after you left what ended up happening that you didn't expect to happen because i know at some point you had to like deconstruct everything that happened like it wasn't just like i quit i'm free like <laughs> yeah 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 it was a burnout. It was it was tough. Like yeah. as the immig- like child of immigrant parents that grew up thinking like she had to make it here in France, like in Europe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, having to admit it was all in my head, by the way, because when I had my burnout, I didn't tell my parents or my family that I had burnout. I did. I went through all of this by myself because I was ashamed. But when I told them, they were like, "Are you kidding? Like we would have never like judged you. Like it's normal. It's not." But in my head, I was like, "That's my life mission once again. I was supposed to complete it. I was supposed to like be good." And because I was imagining myself to uh, be a corporate girl during all of my life, having to admit that I failed was like so hard. I was depressed, like depressed, with a capital D. You know, I was like. Oh. <laughs> It, it was failing it was failing at the corporate ladder yeah yeah exactly it was like take that okay yeah what, what other options are they like that as you were saying just the office job they only else. teach you they only teach you one option so you're like oh so i didn't do that right then i didn't do anything right yeah. i failed at exactly exactly that were my thoughts you were asking how i was feeling that were my thoughts so the doctor i had when i was i thought i, I just i was just tired but the doctor was like, no, miss, you're actually having like depression uh, symptoms. Uh, you should go see your therapist. You're having a burnout. I was like, what? Like, is it that deep? <laughs> I have to go back to climb this. Is it that deep? <laughs> As you're like not eating and not going outside. Is it really that deep? You're being dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to see a therapist. I think it was the first time of my life. Mm. So good. I recommend it to everyone who feels like they need to talk to someone. Like the best thing ever. This therapist, she really helped me deconstruct, as you say, a lot of things about how I viewed life. She was like, basically what she taught me was like, life can be way more than your work. But where, like when you, during 25 years, you train your brain to think that all you have to focus about, like focus on his work it's so difficult to, to to look at that and so that's when she gave me the exercise of the nature seat where i just had to take a chair and sit in my garden like in my backyard and look mm-hmm. at the sky and not take 
my phone or a book or music or anything and just like observe nature and mm. I don't know if I like, became kind of woo woo by this time but kind of like I was like oh this the the birds are flying the 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 clouds are floating in the sky despite me having all of those storms in my head so life is good like life is peaceful I started like I'm saying it as if it was that simple but it was a long process where I had to realize oh so there's more to life than just your job your annoying manager or like your annoying corporate job and so it was really life-changing to me to open my eyes and be like oh I can I have to listen to my feelings I have to listen to I had to be aware of my environment and like, I don't know, thanks to this experience, I realized that I was a homebody, but during all of those years, that's not something I was focusing on because I was so focused on the outside, yeah. like, the, you know, so. Which is so funny now because like, I know you as the homebody. Like I know <laughs> you as the person always in her home, taking care of her home, relaxing, doing peaceful activities. So like, it's so weird that like a part, that part of your life was just dormant for so yeah, long. Exactly. Like, it didn't have it didn't have a, a outlet at all yeah, you know? yeah. and that's why it was miserable so. yeah yeah exactly oh my god it's kind of alluding to like the solutions now that's crazy <laughs> um like, we're just both realizing over and over again that these are just the same patterns repeating exactly. in our life over and over again like exactly. with corporate with entrepreneurship with our lifestyle with what we want like it's the same patterns so all this rest all this resting, the forced resting, because you weren't enjoying it. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I was like, what no. is this? Watching no. movies for a reason? Oh, like. <laughs> it, feels, it feels so weird. I went through something similar and I talked about it in like, I think the last episode, like being forced to eliminate corporate from my life. I was like, how do I even take a walk? How, mm -hmm. how does this even feel good? How do, what podcast do I like? It's like people talk about these things now, like they're fun, enjoyable mm -hmm. activities. But don't stop the process just because you're not having fun right away. It takes time. Like it takes time to start to enjoy sitting in nature, yeah. looking and doing nothing, like mm -hmm. doing things for no reason, which we'll talk a little bit more yeah. about. Like it's hard to do it at first because yeah. it feels uncomfortable. If mm -hmm. you're not used to it, again, we're like programmed and trained and always taught that there are correct ways to live and there are incorrect ways to live. And actually yeah. the artsy woo woo person is the one where like they're doing things that their life doesn't make sense. Exactly. Like that's not what makes sense. And then when we're 35 and we become that person, we're like, oh, this is what they were on. Like they were onto something exactly. um, because there's no right or wrong. It's like an illusion. It's mm -hmm. there's just whatever you want to do, like your mm -hmm. own desires. So yeah. Um. Anyway, so you're forced to rest and what do you come across during this? <laughs> so um, I was like, I was like, I need to do something with my life again, program to work. Um, I'm, I'm making those realizations now, but at the time I didn't think of it this way. I was yeah. just like, okay, what is going to be my next like career adventure? Right. And I was so afraid uh, of entrepreneurship. Actually, I was like, oh my god, this is not me. Like, it seems so risky, so artsy, woo-woo, like, people take risks as if, like, you have time to take risks in your life. No, you don't have time. You have to climb the corporate ladder. So, I was, it, like, being, becoming an entrepreneur was not part of my plans. So, it was really scary to be, like, yeah, but I was miserable. Like, uh, I did a burnout in the corporate world, so I can't go back there. My only option if I want to work, because I have to work, like, I have to have this classic job. 
um, is to, to become an entrepreneur. And so I accepted the idea over time. And then um, I was like, okay, what is going to be my business idea? As I told you earlier, like I like I like influencer marketing, and I was like, okay. Um, in my startup, I viewed like the brand side of influencer marketing and like uh, networking with the influencer. I got deeper visits in the bigger agency where I literally crafted campaigns and had like millions of budget. But now, let me see the other side. Let me become a talent manager uh, and work with creators because I scammed creators too much <laughs> during the series. Right. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I can it's my payback to influencers, but because I was undercharging some of them for like business reasons, basically. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I wasn't. That's not a reason why I wanted to quit this job. It's like I'm not comfortable with like how subjective and like yeah how the choices are made when it comes to influencers, casting, paying them, and everything. So I was like, it didn't seem fair. It didn't yeah, seem exactly. fair. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to become a town manager to help them see the tips and like the tricks that brand use and so they can they can overcome them and like have a great career so i was like oh i remember i was doing my hair that's another thing i used to only wear, wear braids and like things to fit in because i didn't like wanted to assume my, my black identity and then i started doing it during this like post burnout phase and i was doing my hair and i had this epiphany epiphany of like let's let me create an agency for day job influencers because i was such a corporate addict that i was only watching day job influencers on youtube their blogs mm-hmm. um so, oh, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's why I, I had the idea of like creating this agency. And then in just one afternoon, I created the name, the logo, the website, the, you know, the, I was back into this like uh, buzzy corporate identity that I nurtured for so, so many years. Right, like, I, found a, I found a way to get into yeah. that again. Yeah. <laughs> to stop to ignore my hobbies and go back to like work, 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 you know? Right. Right. So, it was fun. Get to work. Yeah, I mean, it, it's cute, and I, I like how it, it stemmed up. And then, what's the name of your agency? Or- oh, Five to Nine Crew, because uh, I was helping people that worked the nine to five, and so during the five to nine, they used to like create content and everything, and put put out content for me, the corporate like <laughs> addict that wanted to see the real life work life. And mm. I was like, oh, that's so cool. So yeah, I created Five to Nine Crew. Okay, cool. And then I thought this was really interesting because when I started working with her, like she found me because I was like a day job influencer and um, I also created content on the side. Um, but she is in France. I'm in Texas and we'd be able to meet normally. And that's because she works and I guess you work five to nine as well, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Most of my emails and like yeah, admin work. I would do it at the end of the day. Like right now, it's seven. So that's usually when yeah. I'm at my desk. Yeah. Like her working time is like later. So I thought that was always cool. And at the time, I don't think you still do this now, but at the time you were like sleeping at 11 p.m. or, t- yeah. or 12 or 2 a.m. in the morning. And then I'd be like, is this not like a weird time for you? And you'd be like, no, I'm like, I work after everybody's done working. So you had yeah. your full day. Your nine to five was like walking your dog, mm-hmm. you know, making lunch going to the grocery store and then you'd work after like yeah exactly yeah i love how it was completely different from uh my corporate life i was like yeah always my corporate life i had to wake up at 6 a.m to take the train to go to paris because i live in the north of france so it's like one hour train ride um Mm. i would go back home at like 9 p.m 
So I basically had no life. So with this new mindset of post burnout, I really learned how to take care of myself and my home and my dog, etc. So I really yeah. loved this job enabled me to really do that. Um, yeah. And then you moved also in this process, you moved to a different area where it was a lot more quiet yeah. and the north of France is a lot more quiet. Yeah. There wasn't like so much life around you. And I think that helped your healing process from the absolutely. burnout. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like taking walks in nature. I didn't do that. I grew up in the social housing, like tall buildings in a neighborhood of like mm-hmm. <laughs> so like nature and like having a backyard is not something that I knew growing up. So again, the learning of how how to appreciate that and like uh, be aware that it exists even. Like some people, I don't know, I've never been to a park just to walk. Like who does that, you know? I, I used to, to go to the park to play with my parents and my siblings as a child, but as I was growing up, I just lost this habit. So uh, it was so fun to, to go back to that growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah you know it's, it's like finding we were talking earlier but it's like finding yourself again it's like going yeah. back to your child like your inner child or who you were before all of this expectations and social pressure and what they yeah. tell you is the right thing the wrong thing and then when we started talking and like we were working together yes but like when we would start talking and chatting just as friends um me as a newer entrepreneur because you had been doing it for like a year um, no the- six months something like that oh, six months we wow you had even been doing it for that long so but you were like ahead of me in terms of like starting the company you had a website you had like everything yeah. kind of flowing you had influencers working with you and so yeah, surprisingly. I, <laughs> surprisingly yes <laughs> and so i would take a lot of tips from you because i was just beginning the process and one thing that stuck out to me from how you were talking about your work and we related of course on both quitting our jobs and everything but i was struggling at the time with my mental breakdowns every other day because I know it's hilarious because I didn't expect it to be so often and I would constantly have these breakdowns at the beginning again I always thought even with entrepreneurship there's the right way to do things Uh you're supposed to do this you have to do this and I thought I was being pretty open-minded and I'm like no I'm like chill I'm like this is fun already I'm already like getting to work at different hours of the day I'm already doing it chill Uh but talking to Deborah, I was seeing that I was not doing it in a chill way I was actually kind of doing way too much than what is needed and I feel like that's something that happens especially when you're new to something that you think that there you think there are rules (laughs) and you think that there's a way you have to do something so it's I feel like that's a good way to judge where you're at like your amateurness in something because the Shaheen says this all the time but like the more you get into something the more you realize there it there are no rules like you actually can respect new ideas because in the beginning you could tell someone's a novice when they're like no it has to be this it has to be that or like they have all these like constraints mentally it's because they they simplify the idea but the deeper you get into something the more complex the idea actually gets Uh and it's Beginning, I my journey. I was like, I want to. <laughs> we already talked about this, but like, I thought I had to be a coach. Mm-hmm. I thought I had to get this many sales. I was like, I'm going to get this income by this time. And to do that, I need to work backwards. So I need to like work this many hours. I need to find clients. I need to do this. Blah blah blah. Like I had all these ideas of what I thought it would be, mm-hmm. and turns out now, like fast forward six months later, I'm like, I'm part, like I'm a full time creator. I'm not coaching. I'm not working the way I thought I would. Whatever, whatever. 
But anyway, at the time, I would look to you for a lot of inspiration. And there was something that you would that you told me like about your day and how you manage your company that I was like, whoa, that's so weird. I've never heard that before. And you were basically saying that you lead your schedule and your business with intuition. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't based on this really strict, rigid schedule and have to do this. You ha- like you have to pitch brands today. You have to email these people today. You do things based on how you feel it's necessary for your clients or for yourself. So yeah. I want to like talk about how mm-hmm. that came to you and like what yeah. that means. Of course, at the beginning, I was like you like to do this and like packed calendar and like, oh, I have to like website and LinkedIn and Instagram, etc. Like, of course, you need process at some point. But it's right. like the more I was going into that agency and project the more i realized oh it's really tied to what i want in opposite to the previous year that i had i was like the idea came to me just like that so i'm not going to pretend to pretend that i know like where the idea is supposed to be when it doesn't even come from me i'm a bit i'm a bit of a woohoo so i believe that it comes from my higher self from i don't know from the universe i don't know (laughs) yeah i was like The universe is going to guide me from now on. Like when I was becoming more and more overwhelmed with the to-do list and like what to do and like, um, what was it? Like the networking, the pitching. At some point I wanted to force myself to contact certain influencers just because I had to grow. But I was like, it doesn't feel sincere. I want to work with influencers that I have a real connection with. And so mm-hmm. I'm not going to message someone just for the sake of it. And so I was like, no, from now on, I'm just going to follow my intuition. And same thing when it comes to my to-do list, uh, warning i'm not saying that it's like a perfect system i never forget forget anything that's not true but it's like at least i listen to my body and my like my desires it's really again it's really important for me now where like in the opposite to before to really go with my own flow and respect my flow and what i want to do and so mm-hmm. i started to have way more faith in my brain and my thoughts and my mm-hmm. habits to remember things so I was like, Deborah, you don't need 10 to do this. You know what you need to do and your mind will remind you what you need to do. If it's important, you'll know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so when I got rid of my to-do list, I just realized that I was getting the job done. Uh, I just used my emailing box as my to-do list and I just checking the emails and knowing things to do. And I, by doing that and following my intuition, some ideas came and I had new ideas from, for the agencies, for the talents. And that's really how I run my life too now. It's like, I don't have any to list for my daily life. I mean, I'm not working at the moment. I'm not really working. It's like I really run day by day with what I want to do, my intuition, my groceries, my house scores. Everything in my life is just run by my intuition. So, I love that. And I, I want to hit on what you were saying earlier about um, you were talking about brand pitching, networking, selling, LinkedIn, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um I laugh at this because these are things that that I feel like we force ourselves to do because you're supposed to do it as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Like you have to put yourself out there. You mm-hmm. have to network with these people that you're questioning. You have to be posting about everything you're doing because if not, no one's going to know. You're not going to grow. You're not yeah. going to get to this X, Y, and Z. And it's these are not things that are like are inherently bad. It's mm-hmm. not that like you shouldn't ever sell or you shouldn't be posting whatever. It's just that like we think we have to do it all at the same time mm-hmm. in the beginning, like right away. Mm-hmm. And one one hard lesson I'm still learning is that one thing about entrepreneurship is you will have a lot of it. You have access to a lot of ingredients. Mm-hmm. It does not mean 
that everything goes into the cake right now, <laughs> today. And I, that's something I didn't understand. So I would force myself to network with people that I didn't even think that were that interesting or people that any opportunity came to me. I'm like, yeah, I'd sign me up. Mm-hmm. Again, that can be a good thing. And yeah. some situations, putting yourself out there when you're uncomfortable is good. But when I feel like when you're like you and I, where you almost do that too much, you're too used to following the rules, it becomes something that you're forcing yourself to do. Yeah. And that becomes unhealthy. And I don't think you should be forcing yourself. It should be like, I know this is good for me and it'll take me out of my comfort zone. So I want to do this mm-hmm. instead of I have to, because if not, I'm going to lose. I feel like if your brain goes like scarcity mindset, yeah. don't, you don't have to do it. Yeah. There will be more, there will be another opportunity. It's okay. Um, and you helped me a lot. Cause I think you were saying that there was a networking event that, um, you or no a networking group that you were a part of yeah and you felt like you had to show up and be on like everybody else and you were like no i don't want to and like everything was fine you still found ways to network with people who you want to be around and find influencers you want to work with and i was like okay yeah i don't have to attend this event that i don't want to go to yeah (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned this networking group it was a a group uh, specializing talent managers so we're all talent managers from all around the world and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know, I don't want to put all of my struggles and like open up in this strangers group. Like that's, I mean, some people like it. That's not something I'm comfortable with. And so the funny thing, so I listened to myself and didn't say anything, but someone came to me because of course you have to introduce yourself and just say your agency name and what you do, basically one sentence. And someone came to me and was like, hey, I really like what you do. Would you like to have a call? And I was like, what? Like, that's weird. Just from this sentence, she feels like she wants to connect with me. And this Mm -hmm. woman, I feel like she was kind of an angel like falling from the sky because she had a call with me. She gave me very valuable um, advice on my talent manager career that I used all throughout the year that I've been a talent manager. And she also shared a tool to help me pitch brands and everything that I've used. And I've actually made money off of it thanks to that. And this woman just had this one call with me. And then we like, we fully message like two or three times on LinkedIn when she has an accomplishment or something. And that's it. And and I quit this um, group because it was uh, paying like, um, most subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't need it anymore, but I, I got what I needed from that. And I didn't force myself to do more than that. Yeah. Uh, so that's an example that sometimes you follow your intuition and it works out. You don't need to force uh, yourself. Right. right. Like whatever's coming for you is already coming for you. You don't need to force it. Like if you're meant to be around someone or y'all are meant to network or whatever, they will find their way to you. Yeah. Whether you're, you know, you didn't have to be posting every day or attending mm-hmm. every single event for her to reach out to you. She just did. Cause I think it was meant to be, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds so foreign when you're working for yourself because I was thinking about this the other day, like everything you do, you feel like it's a direct output of how much you put in. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to get this output, I have to put in more. Like mm-hmm. if I put in more, I'm going to get out more. And yeah. that's not always necessarily the case. You don't no, always have to work mm-hmm. 10 times harder to get 10 times results. Like, yes. And there are things you're going to have to work harder at. You're going to have to put in more effort, but generally like you have the answers Like you know what you like, you know what you don't like. And one thing you, you reminded me of this, of like, you don't have to be this terrible manager to yourself. Like you don't have to, I think you said it perfectly. You were like, oh no, you said it about yourself, but you were saying like, I'm the worst manager I've ever had. Like at the beginning, 
<laughs> yeah, we would punish ourselves. You're not allowed to do this. You have to work this many hours. Like we were micromanaging our own selves. Yeah. And it's like, I think there becomes this like obsession with, okay, I don't have the corporate, you know, managers and annoying people to like ruin my, how I want to work and my flow. I can do things the way I want to. But we have to admit that we're trained by those people. Mm -hmm. Like we have to understand that all we know of like how work looks like is what we learned. You have to like, you need to trust yourself, but there's some things that you need to shed before you go all the way in. Like one for me was like, I need to shed this idea of I have to do things I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Like I need to get rid of that mentality because I, my whole life I was doing things I don't want to do. So all I know is how to do things I don't want to (laughs) do. And so when it comes to doing things I want to do, I'm not good at that. I had to learn that. And like you taught me that, like I took a vacation, (laughs) quote unquote, a vacation. (laughs) And I was having another mental breakdown about my business and how it's going nowhere and I'm not getting customers and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, um, I remember talking to Deborah one day while I was talking about this so-called vacation because I was on vacation while I was talking to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was just, I was like, yeah, let me adjust my, uh, let me add that to my schedule. Or I said something like that. She was like, what schedule? Why do you have a schedule during your vacation? And I'm like, well, it's only like little things. I'm only adding a few things in there. And so she's just like, I don't know what kind of vacation you take, but the vacation I have, there's no schedule, point blank period. And I realized that my vacation was just me eliminating a few things Mm -hmm. that I didn't like in the day. And I would keep everything else. And it was like, you really need to allow yourself to like fully rest. Mm -hmm. And that is that was still a foreign concept because I was still so used to when you're on vacation in corporate, you check in or you, you know, you do this or you do that a little bit of here and there. I wasn't, I wasn't used to um, doing it on my own. And then I think another point is that because it's tied to your uh, income, you don't ever feel like you can actually rest. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, it feels like when you come back from vacation in corporate, you're, you're still getting the same check. Like mm-hmm. you're still getting the same check, but like when you're coming back to your own work, you may or may not like your slow period might be a slow period financially. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's like another pressure on why you have to be this perfect. You have to do everything. You can't miss an opportunity because the money will stop. The money's going to run out, you know, then yeah. that's the scarcity mindset that comes in. I think that's where it comes mm-hmm. from, honestly. Yeah, it reminds me of a TikTok I saw the other day. I don't remember the exact context, but it was like, when you start something, think of the energy you're starting it with. So you want to start, you're like, oh, I want to, I need to do this. Oh yeah, but what the energy does it come from? Does it come from a scarcity mindset? Does it come from joy and excitement? It's totally different energy. So I'm very like careful about that now. I want to be more. Yeah. And I think when you go with your intuition, that's usually a calm, yeah. like it's like a movement. It's like a, a gesture, like a, you know, smooth, but then the anxiety version is like, you have to, Oh my yeah. God. What if like, it's like this annoying. You <laughs> can be for yourself. I remember I was timing myself because I was like, you're not working enough. You're only working four hours a day. You need to work seven hours. Like you used to do incorporate even more. I used to work like probably 10 hours sometimes. And so I used to time myself, but I never used to do that when I worked for someone else. So why would I do that for myself? It's horrible, you know? So 
Wow. Yeah, I know. It, it is horror. I don't know why that where that comes from. But you know, what's so funny, though, it's like, literally, the point of entrepreneurship is for us to do things the way we want. Mm-hmm. And like that completely goes out of the door. Like the point, like, that's literally the point. Like, you're not supposed to come into your own life and copy and paste corporate, but in your yeah. with your a little splash, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do it the way you want. And I think that's what's so ironic, because we come into our own business with so many rules. Mm-hmm. All we're is we're recreating what we know all over again. We're recreating corporate, but in our own flavor. Yeah. Uh, but this time it's entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is a new corporate. And we're making it like, oh, this entrepreneur says I have to do this. I have to do that. Yeah. Or this entrepreneur does their work this way. I have to do that. But you shouldn't, you really can't look to every single example because you're trying to create what is for you. And that takes a lot of effort, trial and error with your desires, not other people's desires, your own desires. And then if someone else's work like resonates with you, then maybe that's your intuition saying, oh, let's look into that. But you shouldn't feel like everybody else's, how they do things is your baseline or you, Mm -hmm. it's the rule. Because I think we've talked about this before, like, even though we say we want different things, we crave what we already know. Mm-hmm. And even if we don't like it, we're like, oh, this is familiar. So I'm yeah. going to bring it into my That's life. Again. Yeah. It's what we do. So I just think it's so ironic because I'm, yeah. we, I still, every day, still a lesson to learn. Yeah. But as you were talking, I'm, I'm thinking like, we didn't trust or we don't trust ourselves enough. That's why we need to like compensate with like those tools and the things that we are supposed yeah. to do. I used to read every entrepreneur's like books and like recommendations and, yeah but it's like your entrepreneur journey is yours and like nobody else has a similar one it comes from your ideas your history like just yourself it's so unique and so we have to trust ourselves way way more and i feel like the moments where i trusted myself or the moments where i had the most beautiful like um uh, experiences with my agency i mean contacting you and like and then a few yeah. months later having this hero trip with you is like it's crazy and it's all because i trusted my intuition and my desires so yeah no i know that's so true like i one thing that kept us going i think both of us was that every time we would doubt our intuition or doubt what we want or just our whole process is that we were like we literally met each other by like <laughs> every guidance, time. right because she, she felt called to reach out to me i responded and it's not that like i wouldn't have responded because i usually i typically do but i wouldn't just respond to anyone like and there was something about her email like i could tell she actually watched my videos and not that she just watched them but that she actually resonated with it um and then that's what made me want to you know accept her call and then we become we have become really good friends and then we also had a euro trip uh, last month And it was like, it brought us so many epiphanies and realizations, which we're going to talk about in a little bit too. Anytime we doubt ourselves, we're like this, our friendship happened because we followed our intuition. Like we, and to be honest, I feel like we really, at least I really needed you in that time. So it was like necessary. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, fun relationship. Like it was something that I don't think I could have like gotten through stuff the same way, or I would have just had a very amateur idea of what entrepreneurship was because you were at the time and still to this day, you're basically the only friend I have who's like really doing their own thing, like Mm -hmm. fully going into entrepreneurship. And I had no one around me to like talk to about it in that way or relate to, or somebody who give me advice. So I'm like, okay, the best stuff comes when I'm hands off and just letting things happen. So it, it's almost like a proof. It's a testament to everything we always talk about. 
Yeah, yeah and, and, and I'm laughing because I feel like we have those conversations via text, like every every two weeks, maybe. Like we have to remind ourselves that, hey, you know, like. <laughs> It's a mental breakdown every week and then realizations every two weeks. It's on schedule at this point. <laughs> it's a routine. This is our routine. Like, exactly. But it feels good, as you say. Like, um, I feel like we are very complementary in a way. Like, I help you, yeah. you say, with the professional side and me, it's more with the professional, uh, personal side where it's yeah. like, oh, I'm, I have to learn how to be like more chill and um, how to believe more in my dreams and my ability to create like great things because I was so focused on like my small agency, my small thing, corporate vibes. Mm-hmm. And so you really helped me open my eyes on like, oh, life can be more than that. And, and yeah, yeah. your philosophy. Right? Yeah. They were like dream bigger. I think like the, when we would talk, um, I feel like we took like the agency as it was and made it like less about the day to day, like less about the execution of like working with influencers and like um, talking about content to like, what do you want to do in the world? Like, what does Deborah want to do in the whole world? And I feel like that was really cool to like watch because I mean, I just obviously I'm obsessed with like that idea of like people dreaming as big as (laughs) they want to just because I think, why not? Like, why wouldn't we do it? I learned from you, like, not just the business side, but a certain kind. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned, I feel like her European nature was just more like, you don't have to do work in that way. It doesn't, like, if you're going to go out of your way to create a company, why would you make it something you hate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's something that sounds so obvious. Like, yeah, nobody wants to create something that they hate, but we do that all the time. Yeah. And if you, if I didn't have kind of like these calls with you or like these like guardrails, I feel like I would have like kept going. I would have just, cause I'm an executor. I would just keep going. But yeah. you're like, you would kind of question it and be like, why are you doing that? Like, are you sure? You know? And I'd be like, oh yeah, actually maybe that doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah. It's so important to have someone you can like talk about things that they resonate with. It, like I feel so lucky. And with my experience with Fight and Crew, I've met like other people like you. Um, not ha- I've met, I haven't made like as deep of friendships, but even like having a, a call, just a single call with someone that you feel like you have a connection with is so, like I never had that before at Corporate. I was just having my little group of colleagues and that's it. But now like during this year of like entrepreneurship, I've had so many deep connections or like just valuable connections that I feel like, yeah, you, it's only by trusting your intuition that you can attract those type of people in your life. Oh, total. Like, Yes, like 100%. Yeah, like I feel like entrepreneurship is like getting, I thought entrepreneurship was going to be like me getting closer to my outcome. Mm. I have this dream. Entrepreneurship is the tool I'm going to use to get to the dream. That is totally true, right? But the more I go into it, it's like me going closer to myself. Yeah. Because you're forced, like you're forced to get down to yourself Mm. because in corporate, I feel like it's so easy to have like these two year, three year, five year stretches where you're not awake. You're like asleep. You're just, the goal is corporate. The goal is climbing the ladder. The goal is this, like people are telling you what your goals are, right? Yeah. But when you're, you have no company, you don't have any manager, you don't have coworkers even, you are forced to create your own goals mm. and you can't look. And that's what we do. We like, that's why we look to other people on social media and whatever, because mm. we're trying to look for help. Like, I feel like that's what we do. We just yeah. try so hard to recreate corporate in our yeah. own lives. Like, 
work, (laughs) but it doesn't work. It won't work because you're going to do it for a few weeks in somebody else's way and realize I hate this. Yeah. You just realize 10 times faster because you don't have any bullshit to to cover it up for you. And you're forced to get to the bottom of what do you like to do? What do you want to do? I feel like this is a perfect segue to the next point, <laughs> which is like, I, I feel like you were in a point when you were finally starting your business and you were doing it in your own way. I feel like you got to a point where you're like, okay, I have so many options of like how this could look that it was overwhelming. Like mm-hmm. it just, it, it, that was another line of breakdowns, but <laughs> I feel like, and I got to that too. Like, um, because when you're in entrepreneurship, you're like adding things in and you're taking things out so often mm-hmm. that you have, you're always in, even in like, not just the business, but like the niche parts of your business. How do I want to sell? How do I want to market? Do I want to add this service? Do I not want to add this service? So there's always so many options that you get like paralyzed of like, I'm just going to give up. I don't know what I'm doing. I like, I'm going to do it right now. So like, how did you, how did, how was that experience for you? When you said the word service, I had some PTSD because I was like, I was obsessed with this word like for some, for some months. I was like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm supposed to have multiple services. I'm supposed to offer freelance influencer marketing services. And I'm supposed to develop my agency in a different way. Like so many questions, months of mental breakdowns where I was like, I was annoying my, my boyfriend every day where I was like, oh, I think I should do something more with my agency. I feel like I need more challenge. Because that's the thing. Like at the beginning, you, you start the process and you create like systems and everything, but then you get used to it and you learn like, oh, it's okay now. Like I'm in a routine. Let's add more mm-hmm. to my Let's add more to like my workload, just like in the corporate. Like you're not supposed to be bored or like have nothing to do. Right. And so, no, there's no slow season. You're always working yeah. on the next goal for the next quarter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I need to find something. And every time I had the calls, the chats with my friends and everything, I would be like, yeah, I think I have to develop something. But it never came. It never came because deep down my intuition was telling me that's not, no, you're not doing, you know. But like for months and months, I was forcing myself. I was taking on more influencers. Always with my intuition, I was always like contacting influencers that I felt connected with. But it's like the quality of my work, I feel like wasn't um, as, I didn't have the same passion because I was like, oh, yes, I'm doing the admin stuff. I'm pitching. I'm negotiating bond deals. We're making campaigns. But I need to do more. You know, I was focused on like something mm. else, I feel like. And so after months and months of desperately trying to create more services, ah, I can't do this sentence anymore. You're like, I've said that so many times. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I was obsessed with that idea, really. That's the time where I was watching so many entrepreneurs and like reading books about like how to sell like Alex Almos, Almosi and all of those oh, mosey, yeah. yeah and i was like no it's it's not going to work i i, I needed to stop forcing my intuition forcing myself to do something yeah. i didn't want to do deep down and without a plan i started like um telling some influencers that yeah i'm sorry but like i don't think that's the route i'm going to take like i i don't yeah. like when I came into this agency, I had this idea of a big agency. I'm in France, so I was imagining offices in like America and like traveling to visit the influencers all the time and doing all of those campaigns, those foreign travels. But it's like, is it really, as you said, like what I want to bring to the world? Is it really how I shine deep down, etc.? So yeah, yeah, no, I think that's so true. And then like in corporate, you had this day where you were just like, oh my god, I'm failing at the one thing I thought 
I'm supposed to be like my life's mission, right? So like, did you have a certain day with the agency coming to a close where you're just like, oh my God, this is not what I thought. And this is different. Like oh, this is for sure going in a different direction. Yeah. It's so funny that you asked because I was realizing that, that I'm, I'm having those realizations right now. But I, as I was living it a few months ago, it was... I wasn't conscious of it, I'd say, um, because it came from external factors. It came from my content telling me, hey, your situation is kind of uh, <laughs> like you're not getting, you're not making a lot of money. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I came- oh, your, your accountant was like, like hey. <laughs> yeah, because I came to the one year mark. And so after one year, you have to look at like the society's the companies, like bank account and stuff. And in my head, because I had those huge dreams, remember, uh, I was supposed to be making way more, etc. And even like financially, like that's something we talk a lot mm-hmm. about on a daily together, but that's something we haven't mentioned yet. Like the, like being someone who just starting going on your own, going from a mostly paycheck to nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's quite hard. Very, so, very inconsistent. Pay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was after months of like having to go through this with a very slow summer and etc. It's like, ah. Oh, I have no choice but to make decisions to change that. And so that's when I was like, should I have more services or should I change the way I offer my current services, etc. Um, so I tried to do that. But then I wasn't really aligned again. My intuition telling me something is wrong. And then I was like, okay, maybe I need, just need to close down the agency and call it a day and move forward. <laughs> yeah. It was a gradual process. It wasn't yeah. like closing down the agency. And I guess technically it's still not closed yeah, down. No, no, it's going to be January 2024, like the 1st of January. It's, it, it, it's gonna be done okay yeah so as you mentally close the agency down how did your day-to-day change because you're going from having all these influencers and these like the talent that you're managing and their their work their contracts or whatever to it's slowly going into like okay what else what's next (laughs) it was hard it was hard that's that's when the chapter of (laughs) self-sabotaging was uh, started (laughs) oh my god Again, corporate vibes where I was like, oh my God, um, I'm supposed to have a job, but I don't really have a job. I'm kind of failing at this like adventure again. Um, and so I'm not doing anything with my day. I'm only working like 30 minutes, one hour a day because I'm, I'm so used to working, to doing what I'm doing that I do it very easily. So it doesn't take me the whole day to work. And mm-hmm. so instead of enjoying this time to do what I wanted, etc., I would just self-sabotage myself. I'd be like, no, you can't do your hobbies. You can't bake. You can't play the scenes because I'm obsessed with the scenes. You can't go out, uh, you can't go shopping or visit your friends or family. Uh, you're just going to sit in your bed and watch TikTok for 12 hours. And I would just do that because I was like, my life is miserable. I don't want to face the, the failure of my life. I just, I'm just going to self-sabotage myself. So it, and it lasted for a long time, actually, very long time. Like ever since I started, like I admitted that I was going to close down the agency until our trip to Europe. I was just miserable. I was just... Uh, when did, so when was that time that you did, like told uh, yourself closing on the agency end of august because i created the agency september 2022 so september 2023 was the one year mark and so i see around I see. september until our trip was in october i believe in november yeah 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 okay okay so basically from september to so for the for the next two months you were like self-sabotaging yeah. not really getting out not trying to enjoy life because there was like there was no point yeah. there was no reason <laughs> there's no reason for me to to go have fun etc i don't deserve it 
because I'm supposed to be a walking citizen that contributes to society and that's not what I am today. <laughs> that is so funny. No, I, I'm like laughing at the thoughts, but these are what we, this is what we think. Like we tell ourselves this, it's, it's wild. Um, so Deborah and I, we actually went on this trip in October of this year, like very end of October, mm-hmm. um, early November. And I remember we were both similarly going through breakdowns at the same time. We usually have pretty synced breakdowns. <laughs> Um, I think one breakdown somewhere in that like August to September period somewhere, we were just like, one, we need something to like lift our spirits Two, like we have been wanting to meet up basically this whole time. And three, like, I feel like we both needed like a push into some direction, um, good, bad, whatever. Like we just needed something. Like, I think we were both kind of feeling stagnant. And that was around the time where I was realizing coaching wasn't for me either. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, I'm starting this business, but I just, I knew every time I would introduce my business and I would talk about the coaching part, I would feel nothing. Yeah. Like <laughs> when I talk about creating, I'd be like, oh, rainbows, butterflies, whatever. But I would feel nothing with the coaching part. And I still, even after that breakdown, decided to keep it. But I just knew it wasn't going to work. And so anyway, we decided that we wanted to do this trip. And I think it took us a while to pull the trigger and say like, yeah, we're for sure going to go on the trip. Um, we at first were deciding where we're going to meet up because she's in France. I'm in Texas. So we were like, maybe a middle ground could be Canada. Um, but then I think I had one day after a, cert- a particular breakdown where <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was like, I think you were saying how you weren't really fond of your town. Like you, you wanted to, because she lives in the North of France. It's not Paris, which is like, we're both city girls. Like we like a a nice city. We like, you know, lots of things to do. And so in my mind, even though I would love to go to Europe, I was like, okay, Europe's not an option because she already lives there. Right. But then I think I was like, what if I come to her area, but we go to the, the bigger cities in Europe and I think I presented that idea to you and you're like, yeah, like maybe we can just like go elsewhere. So it's still like a vacation for you. And then we, I, I like was like, I'm booking this trip. I'm just going to do it. I didn't really, I wasn't making a lot of money. I had like the little money that I was making from my one client who I eventually dropped at the end of October. I was like, let's just do it. So I booked the trip. Um, we went on the trip. It was, it was great. <laughs> I have no complaints. Like. Yeah. Honestly, um, we went to Paris, we went to Amsterdam, we went to her hometown, like it was just so, and then we went to Lille, the city that she worked in during her, um, was it the internship? Uh, Yeah, and I actually, I was born and I was, I I lived like all of my life. It's the biggest city closest to me in the north of France for this. Okay, okay. So yeah, so we went, this trip was great. We like, we... I'm really proud of our budget because we were both trying to keep it pretty cheap. And I think I would say minus my flight, I think it was like a thousand dollars for like eight days. Yeah. And that's including all the random shit that I bought. <laughs> I don't even think it was a thousand dollars to be honest. I think it was like it was, 800. It was yeah, yeah. Less than one K. Yeah. And it, that was like kind of shot. Like we planned it that way, obviously. Like, I tried to stay with her as much as I could. And she had this really good website for deals and stuff. (laughs) But I remember booking that trip with a certain idea in mind. I was just like, why do I need a reason to visit her? Because I would tell this, you know, I'm going on this trip to people. And when I would say it out loud, I realized how crazy it sounded. Like I'm going on a trip with a girl I met on the internet. (laughs) Um, There's really no reason to be there. And I'm staying in her house. And, you know, we're just going to prance around. We, We have no money. 
So like, it just made no sense. Like the, the whole trip made no sense. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, but I just want to. Like, mm-hmm. that's literally, I just want to do it. Like, I love doing this kind of stuff. We have a great time together. I feel like it's what I need right now. And if the timing felt perfect, like I was like, I need it right now. Like mm-hmm. this is October, end of October was perfect. I was just quitting my client. Like it was perfect. And I think there was something that happened on the trip that like made this like no reason. Oh yeah. Quote, like the, mm-hmm. I thought this is going to be the theme of our life for the next year <laughs> <laughs> or two or three. I don't want to yet. talking we were on the trip and we were walking her lovely puppy todd and we were walking him in her town and it was rainy it was like i mean to me i thought this was picturesque because to me it's europe i'm like oh my god it's raining and i'm just like you know we're just walking our dog Mm -hmm. um but then i think we were talking about how the conclusion you had come to with your city because that's a that was another point of topic. Like, I want to go to a different city. I want to live in a different city, but financially, logistically, it just can't work right right this second. And I think um, I was telling her how, like, I had a period where I think it was last end of last year, earlier this year, like very early this year, where I wouldn't leave bed. I would sit around, do nothing. I would cancel all my meetings. I was trying to be as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. I was very much in a, like the situation she was describing, like scrolling TikTok, always kind of getting uh, angry or jealous at other people. And I was just not doing things. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like my life looks really different. I'm like sitting at a desk, working at a desk. I never used to do stuff like that or like dressing up. I would never dress up unless I had to, like I would go out of my way to not dress up. And um, I think Deborah was saying like, oh, that's not at all what I would picture from you. Yeah. And I was like, I know it's so hard to picture now, but like that was a lot of my life for like a long period of time. And there was nothing like crazy that happened that made me change. I think I literally just started doing things for no reason. Like yeah. I just would say, okay, if you want to take a walk today, just take a walk. You don't need a reason to do that. If you want to dress up today, just do it for no reason. And dressing up was the first thing I did and it really impacted everything else. Mm -hmm. When I dressed up and I I know everybody says this and I, people were saying it to me. I just didn't care. I was just like, "Eh, that's not going to do anything for me. And one day I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of seeing all these like fashion girlies. I'm a fashion girly. I love it. And I was like, I'm tired of seeing them on Instagram, like dressing up every day. I'm like, how do they do that? It seems like impossible. Like, how are you dressing up every single day? And I think I just started with that one habit. I'm like, just dress up. And I would dress up and then I would want to film more content. At the time I was trying to get really into content. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I'm already dressed. So I want to talk more. I want to do things more. And then I would notice I want to go to a coffee shop. And I'm like, oh, I tried going to a coffee shop one day. And I was like, this is really fun. I should do this more often. I get a lot of work done here. And then it just was like a psych, like a habit stacking situation where I'd want, I, it all started with me dressing up. And then it ended up with so many other habits that I have now, which is crazy because now it's like, okay, I went to the coffee shop and then I come home, but I don't want to get back to work because I just worked at the coffee shop. What do I do now? Um, I can't, like, I don't want to go to my bed and chill because I already have like my clothes on. So I'm like, let me work out. It all simply started with something I did for no reason. Yeah. And Deborah had said something to me on our walk that I was like, uh, I think you said, I'm just the type person who doesn't do things for no reason oh, like, yeah 
it's crazy that I said that because because of your propaganda now I'm like no you have to do things for the reason no you're like what no she's like over here baking and chilling and going to the beach now but like you said that line to me yeah and I honestly was just kind of like walk in chill I was like in my magical world so I wasn't really like focusing that much on the conversation but you said that you're like I'm just the type of person who does things when I have a reason like I've always done things when there's something to do it for like there's like basically you were saying some other entity entity would make it serious enough for you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I said something like, cause I wasn't really thinking, I was just kind of like, well, I don't think the reason's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what me so much. I was so triggered during this conversation because I wanted, I wanted to stay in my negativity bubble. The world sucks. My town sucks. My life sucks. My business sucks. So like I was sucks yeah I, I hated everything <laughs> it was so funny because like i was just like oh i said that <laughs> and i remember you were like ah and i was just like look i already said it so let's just keep going <laughs> i was just like i because i think i caught it mentally because i used to think that way i used to be like i need i wish i had something to dress up for i live in texas there's no like no one dresses up here no one does anything cute there's no cute coffee shop to walk to and i used to think that i'd need to wait till i'm in new york or i would need to wait till i'm in a cool city or on vacation to actually dress up or to do stuff and i'm like um at that time like i would say i know i was kind of going through a breakdown as well but like at that time i had started to get a routine and a flow going with all these habits that i was stacking so i was just like i would have never been where i'm at today if i just didn't start with that first thing and i was giving her that example of like just dressing up even if no one in your town does that and it's like the 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 conclusion i came to that night that night which i had never articulated in this way was that you are yourself regardless of your your environment yeah. like you don't have to change yourself because you're in an environment that you don't like mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with corporate it's the same thing when you live somewhere you don't like or you're even dating somebody you don't want to date or friends with people you don't want to be friends with you shouldn't ever alter yourself to mm-hmm. fit the environment you know you should always be who you are yeah. and the irony behind no reason um oh well <laughs> She, I asked her how how to say no reason in French, and she was like, "It's I'm gonna say this bad, but sans raison." It works, sans raison, yes. <laughs> You're like, sure, good enough. <laughs> that saying, which has become like our little saying internally, which t-shirts and <laughs> they're coming soon. That the irony of that statement is that it's not that there's no reason you're doing these things. It's just the fact that you're allowing yourself mm-hmm. to not have uh, other people's reasons to do something. Like you're giving yourself permission to have a reason. Yeah. Like it's basically because you want to. That's a reason. Like you don't need to have some, you know, entity, some institution to tell you like, oh yeah, that's a good idea for you to be like, okay, it's a good reason to do something, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I just like love that statement. And I feel like it helped, it helped me even. Like I don't, I had never like articulated it until that moment. So it just helped me realize I'm like, oh, like we're not, like we were saying earlier, we're not stuck in this endless void of like, there's no good options. There's nothing to do. It's just that we weren't allowing ourselves to do what we already want to do, you know? (laughs) And you're, you've been experiencing that too, right? Like what's changed since our trip? Everything, everything. (laughs) So before our trip, I was in that dark cloud where I was like, 
my life sucks and everything. And so if you kind of made me take some resolutions of like, you have to dress up every day and like tr- and try dressing up every day. And during our trip, we had this like, we had this obsession with soups. And so I was like, oh, maybe I should eat more soups. Like it's like putting daily like pleasures or like daily candies in your life that will just sparkle your daily life. That's why I started doing um, as soon as I came back from our trip. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, let me actually look at my clothes because I never do because there's no coffee shops here. There's no like, there's nothing here. There's no shops. That it's a really small town in the middle of nowhere. But I was like, I can still, as you said, like I shouldn't change who I am, who I want to be because of my environment. It sucks. Yeah. Like I can't believe I was like that. Like the idea of like letting my depressing town. Kind of, I'm I'm qualifying it as depressing. Um, right. Affect me so much and becoming my identity that's not cool that's not how you want to enjoy your life so um i really started doing things just for me just for myself uh every day like i love baking so i would start baking and cooking even more uh i love Mm -hmm. things so i would do that more um i love drawing also which is like a hobby i developed as a child i I took it back and now i can draw for four hours straight Without looking, like, without seeing the time pass. Yeah, I love it so much. My boyfriend says my, that my drawing are very, like, childish, but that's what I love about it. I love, like, very, it reminds me of the good moments of my childhood and everything. And it's like picking up those, those things that I love, uh, deeply makes me forget about, like, social media and the internet and, like, uh, scrolling on TikTok. I don't care about TikTok anymore. It's like I'd rather draw for four hours or, or like, play the scenes or walk my dog for two hours than, focus on what other people do, what I'm supposed to do. And like, you know, I'm really focusing on myself now. And so I was lost and I was self-sabotaging because I was like, I'm supposed to do something career-wise. I'm supposed to focus on my professional career. Whereas now it's the opposite. It's like, let me find myself, my values, what I like, and Mm. see how a career fits into it. You know, it's like, Yes. Oh my gosh. It's my priorities now. Yes. I love that. It's like starting with you first. Yeah. And, you know what's so funny? Like I was telling her, I think I was telling her before this call, like I had um, a realization as well that I was focusing on the wrong yeah. thing. And I think that's usually the case. Like if you're having a problem, Shaheen even told me this, like if you're having a problem, you're usually just focusing on the wrong thing. You're, <laughs> yeah. You need to reframe the problem so that you find the solution. Because mm-hmm. if you're framing a problem to where there's no solution, you're just, ref- you're framing it wrong. That means that you're not allowing for there to be a solution. Yeah. But I think what I realized when I had this recent breakdown, again, these happen every two weeks. One thing I realized, and I am so stupid because I literally made this podcast about this very damn thing, but I basically realized what this podcast is about. It's when I say in the intro, you live first, get paid second. Mm. (laughs) That basically summed up (laughs) my whole breakdown. I was so focused on the outcome, the results. I'm like, how am I going to be this content creator if I only have this many followers? How am I going to be successful if I'm not even anywhere close to where I'm supposed to be? How am I like, it was all these questions that don't have an answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All these questions that I don't want a solution to, right? But if I reframe the problem, it's like, I don't need that. That question I was asking is irrelevant. Like, it's so irrelevant. I don't need to have X amount of followers if I'm doing something I enjoy. I don't need to have this career path that is so pristine and prestigious, whatever, if I'm getting everything I need by the stuff I'm doing every day. So the point is to live first. Like, you live exactly as you are. And then that's where you create this amazing career where it's almost like 
you're breathing and you're just getting paid. Like you're just doing whatever you want to do. And I think that's what, like, it's so beautiful. Just like how it like came together. It's like, and I love that so, so much. It's like, be who you are, like don't change who you are and then craft the job around it. Like that's, what's so cool. And then you took a values test that helped you see some of this. I want to hear about this values test that you took. Yeah, that's so as my schedule is slowing down with me closing down the agency, and that's something I haven't mentioned yet, but I'm pregnant. Uh, I'm going to give birth in April. So, be coming on the way, a little get paid to live, baby. <laughs> and so, uh, I'm going to have a lot of time in the upcoming months. And so, I was like, let me do a skill assessment. I've managed my corporate career by following what other people want, what society wants, my da- what my dad <laughs> wanted for me. And not uh, what I really wanted deep down. And so this assessment, I don't know how it works in the US, but in France, um, in the program I found at least, it's uh, for women-led, which is really cool because uh, I love that. The same thing. And it's really like focus on your personal life as much as your professional life. And so um, they care about your values, etc. And so one of the exercises that I had to do is to pass the Schwartz values test, where it's basically mm-hmm. 10 main values that this guy created, I don't know who is. <laughs> but uh, you have to identify three amongst the 10. So you have to answer like 20, 30 questions. And at the end, it gives you uh, results. And at the beginning, I was like, oh, like, okay, like it was complicated, complicated word kind of, like hedonism, self-completion or something like that. And self-direction. Yeah, self-direction and achievement. Mm-hmm. Achievement, I got. I was like, yeah, that's... that's I'm, you. Less to co- I'm less of a corporate girly. I still value achievement. Like when I draw, I want to draw the thing I had in my head. When I bake, I want to bake the thing I have in my head. Right, right. The same thing when I work. Like, the task. Uh, yeah, I want to feel accomplished when I work. Um, and so I was like, okay, hedonism, I had to look for a definition and like make sure it was really aligned with me. And then I was like, oh, actually, I'm so focused on my hobbies and like that's, that matters so much to me that it makes sense that my one of, like, I think I, ha- I got five out of five for hedonism. Like, that's my main value. Like, I, I have really? to, yeah, I have to like focus on my own pleasure and like my what the things I want to do and it's very ironic for someone who spent like 25 years not listening to our desires but I guess uh, it's like coming out now like I'm like oh, no now I need to have fun and like enjoy my hobbies and the second is like it's kind of tied to it self-direction it's like creativity freedom having the ability to just follow uh your desires follow so, yourself like follow yeah. what you want to do yeah oh, yeah wow, that's so interesting yeah so it's actually in the skills, the skills assessment. You have to do exercises. I meet with the coach every two weeks, kind of, and you have exercises in the meantime. And in this exercise, they make you reflect on those test results. And they were like, what does it say about you? Like, how does it reflect your life? And I was like, actually, like, it's, it matched really well with like your advice that you gave me and like encouraging me to follow my hobby, like listen to myself, etc. And when I look back at this corporate girly life I had in the past, working in Paris, having this good salary and like climbing the corporate ladder. I thought I was supposed to be happy, but I wasn't. I, I didn't have this spark in me, this desire to be myself. And like, I don't know, I wasn't fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I don't have this busy lifestyle, but I'm happy because I do things that I love and I feel like I don't need anything else. So yeah, you're doing things that you value. Yeah, that exactly. matter to you. Yeah. yeah. Like for yours, 
actually hedonism i didn't i never knew what that meant but it makes so much sense when you say it like you said it i'm looking up the definition it says the ethical theory that pleasure is the highest good Ooh, and proper aim of human life so that was her that was your number one value right yeah. that is insane yeah. that's actually crazy yeah that's crazy and it's like and could you imagine like you were living this life where you're like no pleasure <laughs> no none zero zero so it's very ironic. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing I have now that I'm like, okay, this is my value and I'm going to respect it. It's like the past me in my head is thanking me. It's like, oh my God, I've been wow. wanting that for so long. You know, I, I have this feeling right now where it's like, oh, wow. finally, you know. You could take a deep breath. Like, yeah. I, don't have to, I don't have to pretend that this is not what I want anymore. Yeah, yeah because I was not there to be perceived as lazy. It's like I'm thinking of all of these people who say, oh, but you have a master's degree. You have all of these experiences. You should, like, monetize them and work and, like, have this huge career. And it's like, that's not what I want. Like, that's not the lifestyle that I want, you know? So Crazy. That is crazy that that's your number one. <laughs> it's literally a theory. It's not even, like... Oh, like my, my values are like creativity and like fun and all that stuff. Like, obviously, um, <laughs> but I, I thought the same thing when I was in corporate, when I figured out that's my value, like I chose those quick. I said, yep. <laughs> the way that the, the HR people described it, they're like, choose it based on what you want in life. There were, I don't know. The way they phrased the question was just like, if you were like basically about to die, like what would you choose as the things yeah. you want to? experience in this life and I was like oh for sure I want to be creative I want to have fun I want to have a great time like because you can always have the external things of what matters to other people or what you're you know the right thing that society tells you to do but if you don't value it it's gonna yeah. feel like nothing to you. yeah exactly yeah. I feel empty like I always have this thing in me that made me feel empty in a way so yeah I know I think that I felt similarly like I was getting promoted in corporate I was making the income in corporate I had the house I had everything that I would think I needed but I didn't feel super rich. Like it's back then I had everything externally that felt so good. And I think that's what made us connect when we first met is that we had everything on the outside, but we were still looking for what would yeah. make us truly happy. And like, yes, even though now financially and externally things are kind of chaotic and look weird internally, I feel like, wow, I'm so lucky. Like yeah. I'm just like, other than my breakdowns about the business and the right thing I'm supposed to do, I don't really cry that much. Like I don't really like, have all these like negative emotions like I, it's weird like the whole i would say most of this year i haven't really been feeling negative like mm -hmm. if i've been feeling negative i was typically focused on the wrong things mm -hmm. but most of this year has been focused on what i like to do yeah. what makes me happy doing things for no reason having a good time going on trips like what what would i cry about like yeah. that's amazing you know um the only thing is just like okay how do you monetize that like and that's yeah. what we're Wow, it's know, the only so. thing because yeah some people might hear us right now and be like well don't you have bills to pay yes we do right. <laughs> but we have we are privileged enough to have partners that support us during our journey mm -hmm. and we have some gigs and stuff that's kind of bring us money enough money to support right. our needs mm -hmm. as well but it's like if you're not in a war situation or something you always have like options and things that can help you like you it's never we were talking about that when we were having another mental breakdown it's like yes we're crying right now but we you're never going to be like to become homeless like to go from your situation to be homeless it's like it takes a very long journey or like right there's a lot of steps yeah yeah exactly it's like 
it's never as bad as you think it is. Um, right. So right. realizing the, the thing, being grateful for the things that you have that can help you and accepting them also because we were struggling to accept that we have partners that we can rely on as independent, strong women. It was really difficult to accept that. Uh, yeah. But it's like sometimes you, you have to do that to go to the other step. Yeah, I know. And that's and and that's why our brains we think so linear. We're always like we have this, we get to keep what we have, we move to the next step. Yeah. We get to keep what we have, move to the next thing. And it's like entrepreneurship at the very least is all over the place. <laughs> you can have everything and then have nothing. And then have a little bit and then kind of be okay. And like it's always all over the place and I think that's what was hard. I think maybe what's hard for us is that we're so used to being able to keep hold our own yeah. and provide for ourselves and I've never had anyone provide for me other than my parents and that kind of stopped around like 20 something 21 or 22 and so I've been paying for everything myself so it's really weird to have somebody for the first time in my life like taking care of rent and I don't have to like pay for rent and yeah. like pay for food and it's like it's uncomfortable but I realize and he realizes that this is just what we need to do right now mm -hmm. so that we can get to the next step and then I was like I would always tell Deborah all the time like what if it's going to be the opposite one day or what if it's yeah. going to be like you know your partner is going to need something from you and it's and that's that's what like this whole the entrepreneurship process even in a relationship like it's just the trust and vulnerability like yeah. it's not that you're doing this because like you've given up and you're a loser now that you have to depend on someone it's just yeah. that you trust that you guys are going to figure it out and become better from it yeah. and then with entrepreneurship it's you might lose a lot but you trust that it's worth it because you have to do this now to, you have to invest in this now yeah. so that you can else later and that's okay that's actually a part of the process like it's not even just like oh that's okay it's like that's required i think yeah. it's like required to, to get to where you want to get and yeah. we don't learn that because everyone always talks about how it should be or how things look and there's really no one right answer it's just whatever feels right for you and whatever is actually happening yeah. do better as much as you can and accept it yeah. like accept it's, it's fine like i've been in a situation where i also didn't have someone to support me i quit my job at a point where i didn't have someone to support me and like that's something i thought like oh my god i'm gonna go homeless and like even in that situation i didn't go homeless like it's not as bad as you think it is mm -hmm. um but it's also a little bit harder than you think it is and yeah. like it's always it's always going back and forth but you will either you can call a friend hopefully you have a friend or someone your family there's always a solution to change your situation yeah. you just have to get creative like literally you have to get creative um and think in ways you've never thought before <laughs> to yeah. survive exactly. you know? yeah and so. be open to possibilities like that's something we talked about also in the past it's like oh i had this amount of money come out of nowhere this happened to me so many times during this year as an entrepreneur i would have like random money because I believe as a woo person that I because I trusted the universe. <laughs> because I trusted that things would work out. That's how I like maintain like my financial situation in a way that I, I didn't end up homeless at some point. But uh, I think like it takes a lot of trust and being and accepting that yeah, money can come from any anywhere if you believe different directions it's yeah. a flow it's gonna come back to you i feel like um and i used to think people who said that were woo woo but really it would be as simple as like oh my god i totally like during this process of me quitting my job the first time i totally forgot that taxes exist mm. and in the u.s usually you get a tax return if you work for an employer or you're making money you should uh working for yourself i feel like you don't typically get a huge return but if you're working for a company you get 
a return. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was like, oh my God, I, I was about to quit my job. And I was like, oh my God, where's, what's, where's the money going to come from? And I realized the previous year I had worked for a company mm-hmm. and then that was an extra like a thousand, two thousand dollars that helped me. And it's like things like that happen yeah. or you are not getting creative enough. Like what if they're like, I think my sister even came to me. She's like, hey, there's this company I found that um, you can do t- like research studies with them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, test products and test like beauty creams and um, different technology. Like they would just have you test it and they would pay you to test it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that was easy money. And I didn't think of that because I never had to. But then when it was presented to me at the right time, the universe is taking care of me, then I'm like, oh yeah, great. And that like allowed me to survive. So it's like little things like that that come out of nowhere that will help you stay on track. I think you just, you have to reframe the problem once again. Yeah. Like I feel like Devra of three or four months ago would have been like, what? We're enjoying this now? Like. <laughs> We're okay. We're having fun. We're baking and we're allowing ourselves. I thought the funniest thing was that she, when I went on this trip, you told me that you wouldn't allow yourself to play your games. You wouldn't allow yourself to watch TV. You're not even allowed to bake or whatever. Like you're like, there has to be a reason. (laughs) We need to earn it. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's self-sabotaging myself. And now it's the complete opposite. And so I think in your last podcast or again previous uh, podcast episode, you mentioned the values and the importance of value. Yeah. And it's like, when I listened to it, I was like, oh, I don't know what my values are. Like, it's, mm-hmm. okay. it's like, no, it's actually so important because it matters um, for the professional side, but also for the, on the personal side. It's like, how can you manage your life? How do you want to move forward with your life? It's like, it's so important to know your values. And I think that's why I had, less mental breakdowns like in the past days hopefully it lasts weeks and months uh but because it's like oh now i know what i need to do when i'm bored it's like um yeah yeah, i know the exact activities that will make me feel good at the exact same time right time etc so i really encourage people to listen to your episode and check out their values (laughs) not not to like guess up the episode but no honestly when i learned what values were ironically i learned them right as i was quitting my job um but when i learned what they are like that's what made me realize i'm like oh this job isn't for me it does not match any of my values like not one even in my top 10 it didn't even match and so that's why i was like oh it makes decision making so easy and like you know how you were saying you're able to know what activities make you feel good and when you're feeling sad you know what to do it makes that process 10 times easier because before you're like looking at the sea of options even with entrepreneurship like choosing the company that's for you or choosing the the type of work you want to do how would you know if you don't even have anywhere to start with? You have no information. Like I saw this guy on TikTok, he was saying, um, or I think YouTube shorts, somewhere like that. But he was saying like, he was giving an analogy of like, if you're going to an ice cream shop and they're asking you which flavor you want, assuming like the flavor is like your lifestyle, your career or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the person is usually like, um, like just say you've never had, you know, never had ice cream before. You don't know what to do like you don't know what to pick and he was just like some of us actually it was funny he said some of us stay in that um forever <laughs> we never choose and he's like the best thing you can do in that situation is use the historical data that you have mm. maybe you like a certain kind of cake or whatever other kind of dessert you like what flavors do you typically like that's probably going to be your best guess that's why like, i feel like a, a lot of us if you haven't had an ice cream flavor before you look at the name and like okay what other thing have i had that's been the same flavor and what we do is like we always like chocolate cake we love chocolate candy 
And then we're going to choose strawberry. Uh, we're going to choose like cotton candy and be like, mm, it doesn't taste good. And it's like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. And then like the things you were saying, like you've always enjoyed, like, it seems like even just being around you. And that's what's so funny because like when I went to Europe, I was like, everything you say you're liking doesn't match like the reality. And so I feel like you, your energy is very like homey and joy, colorful, like artsy, almost just like, it's it's more of like a peaceful, um, I don't know how to describe it, it's just like very natural. Yeah. And I do see the part of you that is like, you like kind of like a, busy, maybe hustle, if you will. I wouldn't even use those words, but I would just say that you really, like the achievement, that's the perfect yeah. way to put it. Like, you just like to achieve something. But yeah. I think when we think of achievement, we always picture it in a certain way. It has yeah. to be in a girl boss. Right. Yeah. A girl boss, it has to be a girl boss, it has to be this. And it's like, that's where you can take your values and filter them through mm -hmm. what you already like exactly. to do. Because yeah. achievement can mean so many different things to so many yeah. people. Exactly. For you, you like taking walks. You like hanging out in your house. You like doing that. So like maybe achievement is baking. Like maybe achievement is this, you know, and it's like, that's the best way you can come to a conclusion of what you want to do. And honestly, I argue that's where all entrepreneurs should start. Like you need to start with what you like to do because if you are trying to create a company that's meant for you to enjoy even a little bit, it has to be real. It has to be authentic yeah. to you. And yeah. you can't get to authenticity if you're not being yourself. And then if you're not being yourself, you're not going to know what you like. You're not going to know what your values are. And it's like, mm -hmm. it all starts with you. It's like, yeah. it's literally just an inward process. Yeah. Um, I think that's why it felt so overwhelming. And sometimes when we're in these states where things feel overwhelming, because we're, we're looking everywhere, but ourselves. Mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> so literally, it's like you're opening a dictionary and you're trying to find one word and it's in the beginning and you're looking at all of this unnecessary information and we're like we're stuck what do, we know? What do i do and it's like you don't, close the book <laughs> you don't need that there's something that you wrote and i want to say it because i just think it's so good and like to sum up everything we said um, you said, I grew up thinking I had to become the successful corporate person. I had set this as the ultimate goal and priority in my head and forbade myself to view what truly makes me happy on a daily basis as valuable. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out that part of like what truly makes you happy. You didn't see it as valuable. No. And that is literally like the whole point of the values is to see like, this is the most, it's not even valuable. It's the most valuable to yeah. you. Yeah. And it's also hits on the point of like sans raison, which is doing things without reason or having no reason to do things. But really it's the biggest reason. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually the number one reason yeah. that you do anything, but you're just allowing yourself finally to accept it and do it based on that, you know, based on the fact that you want it or that you value it. You viewed this void that you were in your transitional period. She said, what I viewed as the void because I was in a transitional phase career-wise was actually giving too much importance to the wrong thing for my true self. Yeah, it's like, like, I'm not working, so life doesn't matter. I think you, you said right. that I blacked out my life. No, I wanted to black out my life because I didn't have a job where my life is much more than that. And it's yeah. very ironic that oh, just one year ago I had the burnout and I had the same realizations about how like, <laughs> personal life is important. So it's like constant ironic. We're yeah. doing the same thing that we did in corporate. We're doing the same thing in entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny. It's like, that. that's what we do. We just like, if things don't look correct, if it's not the right answer, let's scratch it. 
Mm-hmm. Cut it out from the scene. We don't need it. But yeah. it's like everything is still your life. Even this transitional, dull, I hate my life period, that is still your life. Like yeah. it's still a part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, we don't accept it as our life because it doesn't look like what we think it is. And that's okay to like want different for yourself or different for your life, but it needs to be your value, not yeah. other people values like that's that's the difference and i think that process when you're like in our head before i feel like we make the goal somewhere else some other world and then it's hard to get there and then when you get there you don't even know if it's going to work out yeah so when you choose your values and make that the goal it's not that hard to find because again you can just look in the past be like what do i typically like and then you can take assessments like you took and then you choose activities and lifestyles and jobs and careers and family and friends based on those values you're i feel like it's a 99 percent chance that you're gonna like it like <laughs> i feel like it's oh, that's true yeah pretty spot on so you don't have to worry about that like yeah. oh my god if we don't like this other option with how you do when you choose things other people want you to do because yeah you don't know if you're gonna like it because it's based on what other people like not what yeah. you like you know? yeah and it's <laughs> efficient like your intuition directly knows like if it's a good yeah. you were stress resting <laughs> to like now you're actually resting like yeah. you're really doing what you want to do now yeah. and like even if that, that doesn't have work in the picture you're just you're nourishing yourself um yeah. like punching yourself you know yeah it's crazy it's like for years like for 26 years because i'm 26 it's like i, I was working on a project that i an expectations that i set for myself 20 years ago like when i was 10 mm. i was like I need to have this corporate job and I'm going to do everything to have it. Like even by creating the agency and picturing myself as this huge CEO, it's like kind of corporate vibes, you know, yeah, it's like you have these huge responsibilities and you're a busy girl boss. That's always, always how I imagine myself. And for the first time in my life today, I'm allowing myself to imagine another life, like maybe more artsy woo-woo. I don't know, but it's like, <laughs> it's a different path that maybe will make me more happy. And it, it's so funny because by doing these value things, I had, I unlocked a memory of me mm-hmm. when I was looking at which university to go to. The first university I visited was an arts, arts university, like for drawing and stuff. And I remember visiting the school and seeing people dressing colorful clothes and like, colorful hair and just drawing and sitting on the ground. I was like, oh, this is not for me. This is this is not what it's supposed to be. Like, people are wasting time. What exactly, are they doing? Exactly. I was visiting classes, classrooms just with art and like funky stuff on the walls. And I was like, what is that? Like, you're going to make money off of that? Oh, this is not for me. And look at me like a few years later drawing and, and dressing colorful. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so funny how everything is right in front of us and we're like, no thanks. <laughs> exactly. I like just going Why are we so sad? <laughs> Looking at the wrong, absolute wrong way. So. Literally. We're literally like a, not even in the same yeah. chapter. I think it's, it's going to keep happening, but that's the point of just like mm-hmm. having discussions about it and then seeing what other people see because like, like I was saying during that time, I didn't even realize a lot of the things I was I was doing early in my entrepreneurship journey, forcing myself to work these hours, mm-hmm. forcing myself to network, forcing myself to do things I didn't want to do. And then seeing you, seeing someone who has done things differently, um, it 
like made me think it just made yeah. me have awareness at least like okay maybe there's a different way to yeah. do it i don't have to do it this way you know yeah. i feel like it's really just about like giving yourself permission yeah and um speaking of permission we have a homework assignment <laughs> we have a little homework assignment yeah. um as you know, on the Get Paid to Live podcast, we always have a call to action or something you can actually do because there's nothing more. This is the girl boss, corporate girly in me. Like we have to have something to take action on. <laughs> and honestly, it's not useless, busy work. It's even if it seems pointless now, like it won't be pointless later. Just like me dressing up. Your challenge, everyone, the guests, and even for us, yeah. Um, your challenge is to do something for no reason, quote mm -hmm. unquote, like your challenge today, this week, this month, even if it's just baby steps, um, give yourself an assignment that feels unnecessary, but ne but necessary at the same time. It's like, why did I feel called in that moment to like dress up? Mm -hmm. Like, why was that the first thing I thought of to do that I was going to do for no reason? I think it's because there's, there was something in me that's like, I see myself as somebody who dresses yeah. up. Like, maybe not today, because at the time I was in, you know, sweats all the time, pajamas all the time. So I wasn't that person, but that's something that had always been on my mind. Mm -hmm. um, and like, when I went to visit Deborah and we did our Euro trip, that is something that would always come across my mind, like traveling together, going on vacation together. Um, so there is probably something you're already sitting on that you're thinking like, God, I probably have to do it. Like that's the thing you need to do. Yeah. Um, it, it, it honestly could be anything, even if you just want to work at a coffee shop or you've been meaning to like make a move on somebody you find cute or whatever, like do that thing that feels like there's no, there's no like logical explanation mm -hmm. yeah. of why you should do it, but your heart, your soul, your body, your mind thinks about it all the time and it comes comes up and it's like, oh, I need to do that thing. But you, you're making excuses as to why you shouldn't because there's no, you can explain it to someone or there's no reason to do it. Like the fact that you want to do it is enough reason. Exactly. See what happens. And then honestly, continue. Like if you like it, if you feel like this is a line, keep doing it because you never know what small habit is going to create a whole different person yeah. uh, in your life. And that, I mean, I feel like that's what's happening with me. It was just the fact that I was like, I don't like this job. <laughs> my job that I quit two years ago. And like, I would have never thought I would have the life I do today, yeah. like years ago. And everyone's like, are you going to go to another job? I was like, no, I, I just don't want to. And that didn't make sense to anyone that I was explaining it to, but it made sense to me. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Because I valued what I value and it's still the shame, same shit that I value now. You know? Values <laughs> again, they're like, in, like timeless. Sorry. So important. And if you haven't taken a values test, highly encourage you, please, please, please. Like I, I would not say this over and over again if it wasn't important because Shaheen and I have been talking about values for the past like two years and everybody's like, oh, okay. Like, and I would, I don't blame them. I would have said the same thing. Like oh. that sounds boring and old and like something that companies do. Like, <laughs> why do I do that? Um, but it's so incredibly important. And if you're struggling to think of something that you want to do for sans raison, think of the values first. It'll give you a clue. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. you know, the value says we have a whole episode about values and like how to choose it, but basically Google it. You can Google a list, even at the very least, Google a list, start with the top 10, narrow it down to the top five, top three. It just forces you to get to like what, like out of your entire life, what is the most important to you? And then you can just start with your top three or five or 10 even and start choosing activities that make you feel that value. I 
love that. And I hope you guys really like discover something new about yourself. There's like nothing better in my opinion about life than it's discovering something new about yourself that you get to play with and unlock. Like, please, please, please take the values test. There's, you could do it for free. You can do, um, I think yours is free too, right? The one you took with your coaching program. Uh, well, the coaching program was the paying one, so it's like part okay. of that. I see. Yeah. But the test you took is called the Schwartz. Yeah, you have. I think you have some free stuff on the online. I okay, so yeah, look that up. Please take it and then do something for Song Raison. We are all going to be Song Raisoning yes. this week. Resolution for 2024 is already decided. Literally. <laughs> I'm starting 2024. Like that is the mission. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to announce this yet, but I'm going to do something that Ooh. is really crazy for some reason. And oh my I'm, God. I know. I'm very, I'm very like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I love that feeling. Cause I know I'm living life when I say that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you on our next episode. Bye. <laughs>